Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, listeners. This is Pat the Talking Bearskin Rogue from Flame On right here on the Nerdy Show Network. If you're looking for some sweet nerdy queer in your ear, then head over to nerdyshow.com slash flame on and check us out. We cover everything from TV to movies, comics to drag queens, and so much more. For a gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, get ready to flame on. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and to learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, from the borough of Queens, in the city of New York, this is the epic podcast with your hosts Nelson Lugo and Schaefer the Dark Lord. Hello loyal listener, this is the Epic Podcast, episode 57, brought to you all the way from Studio 6C in Astoria, Queens. I am your host, Nelson Lugo. And I am your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. And we are back for another healthy, heaping dose of nerdy pop culture references brought to you by two middle-aged divorcees. You say that as though this show is still about pop culture analysis. It, it was, and now that's like the hook to trick people into listening to our shh, problems. Shh, 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 stop, stop. They're yeah. all like a bunch of invisible therapists. No, shh, shh, shh. no we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna bait and hook them. That's how we bait and hook them. We can't bait and hook all of them. We can bait, bait and hook a lot of them. Well, fair enough. Yeah. This is our end of the year episode. <laughs> oh, the annual recounting, retelling, countdown, non-list that we do every year about the year that was. This month, we're going to talk about the year 2017. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. What a- <laughs> In the Chinese Zodiac, year of the rooster. Is it really? Seems fitting, no? That 2017 is the year of the cock? <laughs> Uh, well, I don't want to. I don't want to yuck uh, Chinese New Year people's yums. You know what I mean? Like the year of the cock is probably a pretty important thing. I'm sure. When the Chinese zodiac was created, yeah. that the rooster yeah. held great importance. Oh, sure, and reverence. And, and it probably still does to a, a noble creature. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't separate the fact that <laughs> you're an American. Cock- Cock is a word for rooster. And that this year was just like a torrential downpour of cocks. And not in the fun way. That nah. also to not yuck anyone's young. Yeah. 
Well, be that as it may, we are here and we are going to talk about 2017. But first, let's catch up with my good old buddy, Schaefer the Dark Lord. How you feeling there, buddy? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what you been up to? Yeah, sad sack looking motherfucker. Someday I'm going to edit together pieces of our episodes. Yeah. So I can watch the progression of the life drain from my voice as I answer anything on this show. I'm guess what? I'm not great. No. Really? That's so unlike you, you bundle of rainbow-colored joy. I feel like it's funny because also many years ago yeah. when we first became friends and we yeah. were um, like when we first were working together doing a burlesque show, that right. there was a time when you would constantly, whenever I would complain about anything, you would yeah. make jokes like, "Oh, you old curmudgeon," or we sure. do it, we do it to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a, it was a mutual sort of you old man yeah. get off my lawn kind of thing. But, yeah. but we actually still had like life and joy oh, in yeah. our bodies then, oh, yeah. and like. This it's become the self fulfilling prophecy. I now am an angry old curmudgeon, and you what? have like progressively like uh-huh. crawled out of that and become more joyful over the years. Uh, I would say joyful. I'm content. You have done a better job of masking uh-huh. the crushing nightmarish existential <laughs> existential crisis that colors every moment and i have given up i have no armor left uh well i'm just this raw nerve of disappointment and hopelessness well i think i think what you what you are seeing as someone with excellent coping skills living life in the present in reality is um me who has just essentially embraced the inevitable end and uselessness and meaninglessness of it all and that um in a hundred years time no one is really going to care about any opinion i may have had about anything Oh, dude, in months, people aren't going to care about any opinion either of us have on anything. See, I just poo-pooed your coping mechanism. (laughs) You're not wrong. I mean, where's the lie? Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. But that said. (laughs) Yes. That should be that's that's a good um, that sets the tone for 2017, the yes. year that was. Yeah, the year that was. The year of the cock, 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 cock. Oh my god, cock. these effects are excellent. Yeah, we should we should we should definitely get that special effects thing on here that we keep talking about. We'll okay. get that kid uh, Roger in our production department on it, and <laughs> yeah. he will do, do that nothing. In post. Do that in post. Uh, just add some sound yeah, effects. We'll say post. like, Roger, we need some sound effects. Yeah, we need an echo on here and some rooster noises. And he will like eat a rubber band <laughs> instead because... Because Ro- Roger's your cat. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My suggestion for this wrap-up of, of the year the cock... Yes. <laughs> ...is... That we go through, we could go through, go month by month. We yeah. could list yeah. all of our favorite things followed by all of our bad things. Yeah. I, I don't want to do either of those formats. I think we should just take turns. Sure. Like we go back and forth. You have to say a good thing. Right. That you experienced or consumed or realized in 2017. Okay. Followed by a bad thing. Okay. And we'll alternate. So that way we, we keep getting little palate cleansers. 
<laughs> between the good and the bad because I feel if we if we uh, wait for the second half of the show to do all of the bad, sure, um, I wouldn't keep listening to it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, our listeners are lovely people who also are either sadists or just enjoy the crumbling uh, uh, of of two uh, middle-aged cranky people into nothing but shelves of their former selves. It's like watching two sandcastles <laughs> dissolve in time-lapse into microphones <laughs> over five years. Uh, there's a you uh, are right though about our audience uh, being lovely people yes and that reminds me um, I would like to send a shout out to C. Muldrow oh dear we haven't done that in a while we haven't C. Muldrow just uh, fin- I didn't mean I didn't finish mean, school I didn't mean to oh dear C. Muldrow in that because I, I love C. Muldrow I think you probably yeah. said oh dear because you thought I was going to say something else snarky about your joy yes uh, but C. Muldrow uh, finished uh, school Oh, fantastic! So she's bona fide and oh, shout out. Uh, do you know? Do you know what she was studying? Uh, massage therapy. Holy crap! Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we'll go back and forth. Yes. I I would like to start. Okay. Wait. Are we going to start right now? Uh, did you want to catch up? I'm sorry. I guess I just skipped over all of your feelings. How would? <laughs> let's catch you up. I have already set the tone for my perspective that I'm going to give to the good and bad things of this year. <laughs> right. How about you do the same? How are things going, Lugo? Uh, I'm all right. Uh, well, I mean, look, there's there's a lot, a lot of great stuff that's happening in my life. And there's a lot of like really sort of not great stuff happening in my life. Um, but I guess we, I don't know. I mean, should we can, we can we kind of talk about that bit right now and then or leave it for the end? That's hey, this is your show too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's I guess it's it's no secret now um, that I am being sued for defamation. That's correct. Um, that is correct. And uh, I don't want to go into the details Please of don't. that because, on advice from lawyers, I am not allowed to talk about it. But if you wanted to uh, know what um, my official statement is, as well as the official statement of the other two. Plaintiffs? Is that the right word? Defendants. Defendants. The other two defendants in the case. Um, Then uh, uh, I guess this is going to be my opportunity to pitch you on something. Um, Lawyers are very, very expensive. And uh, the three of us that are named in this uh, suit are artists who are not particularly wealthy. And so uh, the three of us have created a GoFundMe um, to help offset uh, the impending legal fees because uh, to get... Um, one lawyer for just one of us will cost $23,000. And it's looking more and more and more that we're going to need at least two lawyers, um, worst case scenario, three lawyers, one one for each of us. And if one lawyer costs $23,000, we're probably going to need that three times over. Um, so uh, uh, there will be a link in the show notes uh, if you would like to read the official statement that I am allowed to give out. It's right there. Um, if you'd like to give some money, then um, there is there is no such thing as a small amount. One dollar um, would help a great deal because it's not really about individual contributions. It's about the quantity of contributions. And your one dollar will be added <coughs> to the one dollar of everybody else. And that will add up to a lot of money. 
Um, if you don't have any money, because I get it, it's, you know, if this is the holidays, you've probably spent all your money on, on presents and eggnog and, uh, you probably don't have anything left over. So if you have a social media account, then sharing the link, um, and showing your support that way is, uh, no lie, just as valuable. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes if you'd like to help out. So, you know, $1, $10, $1,000, whatever, whatever you feel you can give. Um, if not, then give it a share and uh, that will be fantastic too. And, you know, um, I wish there was a way I could thank every individual person who gives, but believe me from the bottom of my heart, I'm eternally grateful. Oh, for- you will. <laughs> no, you're going to write a handwritten letter. I wish I could. A lot of them are anonymous. You can. Well, you of- can to the anonymous ones. You can write a statement to quote address to anonymous online. <laughs> <laughs> the collective anonymous, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I'll actually write an, uh, uh, an individualized note for every single person. I can certainly do that. I think it'd be very nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go ahead, go ahead and check it out. Um, and uh, that is really all I can say legally. Which... I would like to second all of this and say, like, please do yeah. check out the GoFundMe uh, campaign. That will be in the show notes. Yeah. And please help these good people out. They're in a terrible situation. Uh, do you want to do you want to get into it now? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then you start off. I'm not so pleased with this year, and I'd just like to get it over with. And I feel like <laughs> for me, one of the markers of the passage of time yeah. is our annual episode, yeah. our annual yeah. recap. And Absolutely. The sooner we get this over with, the sooner we can move on to what one hopes are greener pastures of 2018. <laughs> one would hope. Because this arbitrary demarcation of time has profound bearing (laughs) (laughs) on the events that happen to us. Uh, Yes, this meaningless, arbitrary uh, time uh, marking in the vastness of the universe is ultimately meaningless uh, in the the face of the cosmos. So yes, I will go first. Great. So we'll list a good thing that happened and a bad thing that happened this year. Go for it. I would love to go first. Here we go. Good things in 2017. Yeah. Star Wars, Episode 8, The Last Jedi. It was great. And this has been the Epic Piecast, Episode 57. I have been your host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. Wait, Schaefer, what are you doing? I'm sorry? What what are you you doing? You you can't end the episode. That's kind of really all I want to say. (laughs) (laughs) We got to do an actual podcast here, buddy. Fine. All right. Um, Go back. You can't lead with Star Wars. That was at the end of the year, more or less. Well, we'll, we'll come around to that. Why don't you start this thing? Okay. I, I don't want to talk about... I'll talk about bad stuff when prompted, but yeah. I'm still now just trying to think about Star Wars. You start this. Let's, go, let's talk about what, what was good this year and what was bad this okay, year. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say things great and small, like, like both like pop culture, global-wide, and me sort of like privately and personally. That's what makes it personal. Yeah. So um, one of the things, at, at, at pretty much at the top of the new year, okay. um, I learned a magic trick uh, called, I don't know what it's called, but I'm calling it Slidini Straws. And there, um, there is a magician who's long since passed away named Tony Slidini, who is absolutely synonymous with a particular brand of sleight of hand magic. And I have a lot of his books and I've studied a lot of his techniques. But there's this one trick where essentially I take two drinking straws and I loop them around each other and then 
uh, with just a little bit of a tug on my hands, they both come apart as if two solid pieces of matter have melted through each other. And mm-hmm. the straws are completely examinable before and after. And I was so enamored with this that I made a video about it and uh, really kind of gushed over uh, Tony Slidini. And because because the the way the story was told to me is that Tony Slidini taught it to a local magician in Connecticut. That local magician to- told it to a Ringling Brothers clown who also lived in Connecticut. That Ringling Brothers clown um, is someone that I worked with when I was doing clown work for a company called Healthy Humor. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel like this sort of Socrates-Plato kind of relationship <laughs> being handed down this information. And I have tried looking for this thing everywhere and I, could, I couldn't find this straw trick printed anywhere. So as far as I know, it's a trick that's never been printed and was taught to just a handful of people and now I know what this trick is. I know, and I know how to do it. And so I was, that was one of the key. That was an, it was a nice way to start the year. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I, yet you get another dazzling act in your repertoire. But like a bad thing, or I guess not a bad thing, but like a disappointing thing that happened is that due to my really sort of busy, hectic, crazy schedule, I had to uh, resign from the clowning of healthy humor. Oh no. Yeah. Um, I just, I just, I had too much stuff going on and I just couldn't commit to the schedules that they had and the work that they're doing because they're dealing with, um, not dealing, but they're entertaining sick kids. And, you know, it's very, very vitally important that, that the schedule is maintained because these kids really look forward to the times that the clowns are in the hospital. And I just, I couldn't commit. I just couldn't commit to the schedules. And so, um, rather than, keep dis- you know uh, potentially disappointing my bosses i decided to step down mm-hmm. um which was heartbreaking because i really yeah. love that work and i really really felt like i was part of something greater like i was actually using my talent for something other than just you know like you, uh, you know 50 bucks at a cabaret gig confounding some drunks right exactly uh Did i use that word correctly confounding some drunks yeah confounding confounding yeah uh and it was it was the first time that I ever felt like I was actually using my skill set for something noble. good and noble. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, that was a pretty, pretty you know, low point in the year for me. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. On my good list, uh-huh. I had a very prolific year since you started with like a personal thing about yeah. your, your craft. I'm going to yeah. start with my. I had a very awesome. prolific year. I put out two records. Oh my god! Yes, yeah, so many, so much music. I I did some traveling for some cons and South by Southwest. I went on two tours with my peers near the end. So of the many year. tours, so many cities. I had a moment this year where I am, you know, I am very prone to self-loathing. Sure, and I find myself making excuses for what I do, and and always. You know, peppering it with disclaimers like, I know the thing that I do is really stupid. I know that I'm like oh, an old man and I'm doing this dumb childish stop. thing. I, I basically tell dirty nursery rhymes to rooms full of drunk assholes. Yeah, don't you, give a shit. You say that like it's a bad thing. It is a bad thing. It is not a Look, bad thing. I, I, all I'm saying is that I'm, I'm kind of prone to that. And I had a moment this year where I said to myself and I felt, I am a very good rapper. Yeah. I don't frequently do that. I know when songs work and when they don't work, and I know when shows are entertaining and aren't entertaining, but I feel like it's all kind of this qualified thing. I don't think that I'm necessarily good at what I do, and I think that what I do is silly and nonsensical, and I've wasted my life doing it. But I had a moment this year. I had an actual, legit moment where I felt confidence in what I do, and I said out loud, I am a good rapper, and it's it's 
worth noting. Yeah. Because it's so uncharacteristic of me that I was able to say those words and feel that. That's that was that was a nice moment that well, I Well that that actually makes me feel really, really good. I mean it makes me sad that you feel also that what you do isn't worth your time or anyone else's, but um like I think well uh, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say this. I don't hang out with bad actors. Oh. Ever. Like I don't hang out with with people who talk a big game and can't deliver the goods in terms of like entertainment or talent or, you know, art. Uh, I've ended relationships with women because they were bad at what they did. I don't, <laughs> I don't hang out with bad actors. Uh, you, my friend consistently blow me away with your work. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I think you, but, but I'm skeptical. I think you would still hang out with me if I were putting out shitty material no uh, we just wouldn't talk about it no <laughs> no i would tell there are songs you've done that aren't my favorite well that's fine and, and i've said as much to you but um i've never heard you put out a bad song oh well maybe you're I, being real generous well, hold on. Maybe that, that first album had some had some clunkers in it yeah, first three albums no <laughs> shut up <laughs> well thank you yes uh but no that makes me really really happy that you've kind of owned at least for a moment this sense that you are good at what you do. Thanks. The bad thing yeah. that comes with that is that, of course, when that tour was over and I had to get shaken back into reality, I came back to New York and was returning to my day job and discovered my first day back that the MTA has shut down my subway stop for eight months. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> sorry. It's all right. I'm, well, I mean, I, I, I want to say something really, really snarky here, but I'm not because I know it's only a matter of time when my stop is closed. Sure. Come and, June, I will be yeah. living the high life. Yeah. And I'm assuming they're installing robots <laughs> and a juice bar. I don't know what they're doing that subway stop, but I assume it's going to be incredibly uh, high tech. Maybe they'll add in touch screens that all of the vagrants will spew all of their fluids all over. Okay. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, it's New York and you yeah. never let me down. Well, I mean, I think the one rule of New York that I've always relied upon is that if you can reach out and touch it, it's probably been peed on. Yeah. 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 At, at, so at much the urine. very least. So much urine. So much everything so much urine <laughs> so fuck you mta anyway, go, go on uh let's see oh here's a good thing that i got to do this year uh okay. that i'd never got to do before that okay. i've always kind of wanted to do go on there was a uh, a theater production in new york city of uh of Mac- of macbeth mm-hmm. the scottish play yeah and um we're not in the theater you can no, say i know it. oh i i don't i don't subscribe to Really superstition. You need to go back to the archives and listen to what happened to me when I said Macbeth in a theater. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> causation does not. Oh, go correlation. on, tell your story. Um, so they wanted to do something really, really ambitious, and the director wanted the actor who played Macbeth to actually appear as a ghost on stage, mm-hmm. like an ethereal presence that you can see through. Mm-hmm. And so um, there was. They called in a magician who came in and did some preliminary stuff, and ultimately just kind of ghosted on them, like just basically bailed the, produ- the production. <laughs> that's yeah. funny. That's a you funny see, thing. You see said. what I did there? Yeah. Uh, so I came in and I essentially helped redesign their illusion, which is called a Pepper's Ghost. 
which is like 200 years old at this point. Um, most notably, Pepper's Ghost is used in the Disney ride, uh, The Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. The, the, um, the ballroom scene, that's a Pepper's Ghost illusion. Uh, and so what I did is I helped design a smaller scale Pepper's Ghost illusion that was completely mobile that still allowed actors to walk the space. And uh, and it worked. It, it legitimately worked. I mean, the production was kind of doomed because it was overambitious and overly produced and not nowhere near enough time and attention was paid to anything. But the fucking illusion looked beautiful. <laughs> good job. <laughs> uh, and so that's kind of like, that's like my good and my bad. The good that I actually got to design a really beautiful looking illusion. The, bad, the bad news is that the, the production was just... It was doomed from the start, and just I'm—I mean, if if good intentions and ambition were a mark of quality, this would have been a four-star production. But Ooh. it was not, unfortunately. Well, good job. Yeah. Good things for me. I feel like I need to <clears throat> address the bat gargoyle in the room. <laughs> what? In 2016, I uh, adopted a shelter cat. Yeah, it was a hairless sphinx named Roger. Roger, a lovable cat. Yeah, um, very. He he seemed to get like he needs a lot of attention and seemed to get very lonely as uh, 2016 ended and 2017 dawned. So I got him a friend. Yeah, adopted a second cat named Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry did not come from a shelter. Henry came from a breeder because I was certain that I wanted another hairless cat. Because yeah. Well, thank you for that. Oh, well, yeah, also, because then my friend, who is incredibly allergic, can come over to my house and not die every right. time. So, I mean, <laughs> I, at least at least on that bullet point alone, I thank you. No problem. And Henry, this kitten that I adopted in June, an adorable little gray gargoyle guy, and just so so much joy, just such like a little creature of love mm-hmm. to like bring in. And then Roger was much happier because Roger had a companion and he, they just took to each other immediately and became the best of friends. So that was a really good thing. That oh, good. This year. Yeah. 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 Bad things that happened this year. Yeah. Adopting Henry, the fucking Sphinx. <laughs> this cat is a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> if he can fuck with it, he already did four times before I finished this sentence. He's just, He's wild. He's out of control. He's destroyed almost everything that I own. Is, um, is he neutered or spayed? Like I don't know. He has been. He has been neutered. Yes. Okay. Yes. No. Both of them have. Yeah. Um, he was very cute when he was a kitten because they sleep so much. I forgot that they're like that, and I forgot that immediately afterwards they become fucking teenagers with chips <laughs> on their shoulders. And he just he, he doesn't respond to any kind of discipline. He just destroys whatever he wants at will. Yikes. And he is kind of an endless uh, source of of just nightmares and frustration. <laughs> I love him dearly. And he, those, those like six, seven minutes a day that he's really sweet are precious. And I adore him then, but otherwise um, he's an asshole. And I feel like he's been sent here. He'll only grow up and then become my, the chief antagonist of my life story. The <laughs> bad guy <laughs> who I raised will then turn on me and take me down. I, um, I've been working, as you well know, on a solo show mm-hmm. uh, called uh, Cheating Death. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, still, I'm still in the process of writing it. But um, back in March, I actually got to do a stage reading of it. 
um, I did. Uh, uh, I, well, it wasn't memorized. I basically had the script on a on a on a music stand, and I read from it. But I did all the magic. I did all the magic in it, and um, you know, twelve lovely people came to see it, and <laughs> it was it was good. It felt really really good to get this on its feet, and um, because when I first when I wrote my first solo show, Gathering the Magic. I wrote it really fast and it got on stage really fucking fast because mm-hmm. uh, this was right after cancer and I got a fire under my butt to like, oh my God, um, mortality. I got to do something. Legacy. Th- th- art. Got to do something. And then uh, I started writing this and this is taking so much longer and it's so much harder than the first one was. And so I just decided, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care in what state this is in. I need to get on his feet. I need to hear it. I need other people to hear it. And I need feedback. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And um, it was a wonderful kind of validation. There were there were parts that people really, really loved. There were parts that people thought could be better. There were parts that people did not like. And all of that was wonderful to hear. Because I, I was finally getting the kind of feedback that I needed that I didn't wasn't getting just from by myself looking at words on a page for eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. And so that was really fantastic. And I'm probably going to do that again real soon because it's been, it's, it's, this thing is taking so so much longer than I thought it would take. And so I think maybe it's time for another stage reading about where it is in the process, but I'll figure that out in 2018. Um, The, the bad news or rather the bad thing that happened is that, uh, I honestly thought this was going to be ready in 2017 <laughs> and actually be on stage and have nights and you were sending me poster designs. Yeah, exactly. I, I I had hired a director. I had secured a venue for a possible like once a month run and it just it just didn't happen. It did not happen. It did not fucking happen and and it just I'm I got really disappointed in myself cuz I I, I don't know if it was just me wishful thinking and ambition thinking it would be ready this soon or my own sort of insecurity that kept it from being ready, you know, so it's hard to tell. But um, but then I but then my director had to go. Uh, my director is Joel Jeske. He's mm-hmm. a dear, dear friend of mine and a master clown. And he is uh, right now a, uh, a lead clown with the Big Apple Circus and. Um, he had to report to the circus tent at a certain date and he's going to be gone until like June or July. And, um, and so I thought we could get it up on its feet before he left and it just, it didn't happen, unfortunately. So, you know, so now I'm kind of faced with, well, do I wait for him to come back in June or July or do I just keep, keep going forward with another director? And I don't want to do that because I fucking love this guy and I think he has a lot to say about it. And, so, yeah, I'm basically going through a lot of stuff with this show at the moment. Um, you know, I felt really, really good about it. I still feel good about it, but there's a massive amount of work that, I th- that I've convinced myself it, that it needs. So mm-hmm. whether that's true or not, we'll find out. Well, you got to get it finished and you got to get it on a stage by the end of 2018. Or What? I'm <laughs> look, I was having this moment the other day where I was thinking about yeah. our friendship and yeah. I was thinking about the various important moments, crises, dark times, sure. et cetera, that we've been through in each other's lives. Yeah. And in the time that I've been friends with you, yeah. 
I have been friends with you through divorce, Oof. countless relationships. Yeah. Seen you get evicted like more times than I can count. <laughs> more times than I can count. Yeah. Suicide ideation that landed you in the yeah. hospital. Yeah. Cancer. Yeah. And now a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. And I'm starting to think like, maybe you are going to die before me. <laughs> and now you're working on the show called Cheating Death. You got to get this show on stage this year. Yeah. I'm working on it. I still think I'm going to die before you. That's not going to happen. I'm going to be really bummed out if you do first. No, you're... I'm going to be mad at you. You're basically pickled. You know what I mean? Like, you're preserved. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you've you've done enough... Let's just say stuff that would act as preservatives for innards. Okay. That's not how it works. You've, but you've I, embalmed I, yourself already. Okay. I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> you don't know how this shit works. I don't. I don't know how drugs work. No. No. Um, <laughs> they do the opposite of preservation. <laughs> Is that all? I think that's all you need to know. Uh, yeah, I know. I know I need to get it up. I just, I, I, I'm, Yeah. I'm 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 blocked. I'm I'm constantly obsessed with it, but yet there's no movement with it. It's a weird thing. No, put it away for a little while. Well, I have been. Go watch other people's entertainment for a little while and then come back and work on I that. I hate piece other of art. magicians. I don't mean that. I mean just other just like don't think about it for a while. If yeah. you're obviously at this weird kind of holding pattern, embrace that. Yeah. Do something else. Okay. And now I'm going to talk about some pop culture stuff. All right. Good things in 2017. Yeah. I never imagined that I would be saying this, but Twin Peaks. Yeah. That's a thing that's in your life now. Twin Peaks roared back onto television. This is David Lynch brought us Twin Peaks The Return, a limited event television miniseries for Showtime. As a result of this, uh, I got to be in a documentary made by Showtime, True. which is also on the bonus features on the newly released <laughs> Blu-ray collection of Twin Peaks The Return. You can find a short clip of me uh, doing my impression of David Lynch. Awesome. Or of his Gordon Cole character on the Blu-ray. Uh, so this thing came back and I got to go to this party at South by Southwest and I was in this documentary and uh, the Pink Room Burlesque did a number of shows that were in cooperation with Showtime and and Mark Frost's book The Secret History of Twin Peaks came out and then this television series aired I just never would have dreamed that after 25 years <laughs> I would have gotten this whole I year know. full I of know. new Twin Peaks and it was amazing it was incredible and it was everything I wanted and it gave me new characters and showed me the old characters aging and it was it was just wonderful and magical and I got to watch it and like not binge watch it like goddamn netflix series but actually i have to wait week by week the way i watched the original series in high school it was amazing yeah uh-oh <laughs> bad things that happened this year <laughs> episode 18 of twin peaks the return the final one yeah uh look i no. if, if i'd said this a few months ago i it's would not have, good i would have said that it was bad there are there are a lot of upset fans with how the series ended okay i was among them in the initial aftermath uh, because of the shock of the way it took a fucking left turn into insanity. And that's saying something for Twin Peaks. Yeah. Because this season was banana cake. Yeah. Uh, but at the very end, it it diverged and went on its uh, a completely different path that was so bizarre and so jarring that I felt dis very disappointed and very disillusioned with it for a while. But only for a little while. <laughs> okay. It did slowly kind of like... It sat with me, and, and, and I found myself thinking about it a lot. And I, I rewatched the last few episodes several times, and 
Um, and it started to make kind of more sense to me. And then at the end of the year, to bookend the whole experience, sure. Mark Frost, the sane member of the team that creates Twin Peaks, yeah. uh, published a second book called The Last or The Final Dossier, which did a tremendous amount of work in making sense of episode 18 and, and the finale for, oh, okay. for fans. David Lynch has no problem alienating his audience. And I know this is a lifelong devotee to his work. Sure. And he cares. He, he as cares a, not. As a cranky old man who was basically given the opportunity to make an 18 hour movie. Oh, he didn't disappoint. He went in and was like, huh, I'm going to give them screaming nightmares and then I'm going to make them mad at me. And then I'm going to challenge everything they think that they know about narrative storytelling. Um, and then so he did that and he came to the party. I, I, the, 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 the metaphor that I've made is that David Lynch. Like, Mark Frost is your friend. Yeah. And Mark, you have a house party, like yeah. a dinner party, and Mark Frost comes over. Yeah. At the last minute, he's like, hey, I got this friend in town visiting. His name's David. Yeah. I'd like to bring him with me. And okay. then they're like, okay, that's cool. Bring your friend. And then he comes over to your house, and his friend David trashes your house, pulls posters off the wall, shits in your sink. <laughs> <laughs> makes everybody uncomfortable by having corner conversations with them that are about absolute nonsense, leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth, and then he leaves. The following day, your friend Mark calls you up and says, hey, sorry about my friend David. He's kind of going through some shit right now. And then you make, your friend Mark makes his explanation for his friend David. Yeah. That's what Mark Frost did with his book, The Final Dossier. <laughs> That's how I felt. About wow, 2017 was the year of Twin Peaks for better or worse. But that all that said, even though there's been like a lot of criticism on it from lifelong fans, uh, I would like to make it very clear that at the end of the day, I am very much on board for all of Twin Peaks' return. I thought it was wonderful. Well, that 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 gladdens my heart that you are uh, have enjoyed a thing that you have been a fan of for a long, 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 long time, uh, and that you were disappointed. Then you turned a corner. You're like, oh, okay, I can see where this is. Mm -hmm. Um. I am still open to this pitch of doing a David Lynch podcast where you, a David Lynch Twin Peaks expert, watch Twin Peaks with me, Nelson Lugo, have never seen a Twin Peaks episode ever in the history of ever except for the pilot, mm -hmm. and that we podcast it and you talk me through it. I still think that's a viable podcast. I oh, think... We I think we could do that. We, we, I mean, we did. Yeah. We did do that episode. That's what I'm saying. We, we basically take that episode and make a new series out of it. Oh, a spinoff? Yeah. Oh, my God. Nelson explains. No. Schaefer explains Twin Peaks to Nelson, the podcast. Do you think any of these people want to listen to this? Uh, tell you what, uh, loyal listener, if you would like to hear um, Schaefer explain Twin Peaks to me as we watch each episode in every episode of that particular pitched podcast, send us an email at epicpiecast at gmail.com. That's epicpiecast at gmail.com. And I also want to say that we do read all of your emails. I know we haven't gotten around to responding to them, but we do read every single one. And uh, there is a brand new listener, I believe from London who has written some beautiful, beautiful yes. letters. And we have read them. We haven't responded yet. I'm so sorry. But we're I, pooling them. Yeah, we're pooling them for like an eventual mailbag episode. Yeah. Um, but I want you to know that everything you've said, I have taken to heart. And I am absolutely grateful for your, for your support and your fanship. Keep those letters coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, my go? My turn? Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't know which one to go with. Okay, we'll go with this one. 
2017, I celebrated my four-year cancer-free anniversary. Yay, still alive. Hooray, still alive. No ball cancer. Yay. Hooray. Um, on the downside, <laughs> I'm still experiencing some odd side effects Weird. from the ball cancer. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I'm, you know, in the in the sort of acquisition and maintenance department of the crotchal area. <laughs> I I get it. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's. I mean, it might also be a combination of the fact that I'm getting older. Yeah, but but be. but uh, I was told to expect that as part of like ongoing stuff with with cancer. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. I mean, it, it isn't very often. It's rare, but it does happen. Hmm. Yeah, not not enough for me to like consider a a pharmaceutical option. No, but enough where it's like, oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. But you're alive. Yeah, but at what cost? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Well, since you turned it back to your personal medical issues. Give me issues. boners or give me death. Oh, God. Was that too much? No. Okay. You just said what... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> since I tried to steer into pop culture and you steered yeah. it back to the personal and medical, well, then fuck it. I'm going to follow your Yeah, lead. yeah. Good things that happened in 2017. Yeah. Cymbalta. Hey, yeah. I started taking a, an antidepressant earlier yeah, this year you called did. Cymbalta because I got myself into a very... My depression got unmanageable and I got to a very deep, dark place where yeah, I spent did. most of my time. Oof. It used to be like I was just mostly listless and disappointed in things with periodic moments of like really dark storm clouds, but I just lived there. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I can't deal with this anymore. So my therapist recommended a psychiatrist who then recommended some Balta, which I began taking the day of Trump's inauguration. <laughs> January 20th, 2017. Yikes. Um, and I saw some great results. I, I saw like, after a couple of months of taking it, I started noticing things like that. I didn't feel miserable all the time. Not everything was so daunting. Things were like manageable. I would have to travel for a show and I didn't think, oh God, what's the point? I should just fucking hang up my microphone. Nobody cares. This is bullshit. And I was able to do things and experience some amount of like, at least free, unencumbered by these constant heavy storm clouds yeah so that was yeah, that was a, that was a good thing bad things that happened symbolta <laughs> i spent the second half of the year trying to get off of this nightmare poison yeah because at some point in the year i realized that i no longer felt anything i didn't care Oof. about anything a death in my life had no effect on me because not only did Cymbalta take away the dark feelings it took away all of the feelings and just compressed them all into the center so i felt like a dial tone wrapped in skin. Shnikes. I felt like a ghost. I just wasn't there. I didn't care. I just could not care about things. And I didn't like that feeling. So uh, one weekend when I was traveling for a show, I didn't take it for a day just to see what would happen. I remember this. Yeah. And it was exciting. Yeah. Because I felt I was able to cry. Yeah. I felt some joy. Sure. It was like, it was weird. Like, you could breathe. I had the dark feelings, but I had like a whole range of emotions again. And I was like, Maybe I just needed that like couple months to kind of correct things and now I can go forward. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see what happens if I don't take it a second day. And second day was the worst day of my life Oof. because the uh, side effects, the withdrawal symptoms of getting off Cymbalta are these painful electrical shocks that pass through your head that are called brain zaps because there isn't like a scientific term for them. <laughs> um, and it just made me want to die. So I immediately got back on the medicine, went back on a higher dosage, but then started a an exit strategy with my psychiatrist where I was like, I need to start weaning off because I wanted to get away from all of my sadness, but my sadness was a, was a part of me. Yeah. And I didn't feel like me anymore. Right. Uh, I was, I, I was, I had no access to any feelings. And so I can now say that after several months of slowly weaning, I have now, I am no longer on Cymbalta. Hooray. So it took all year to get on and off. Yeah, this, that this sounds drug. about that sounds about right. And if you're thinking about getting on antidepressants, don't let this deter you. There, there are definite benefits to it. I feel like I may have been, I may have just taken the wrong drug. Yeah, and and yeah. also ask your doctor questions and say the word brain zaps and make them look <laughs> you in the eye and not tell them about it later and have them go, hmm, curious, that's strange. Like, you fucking knew, doc. Well, yeah, I mean, who knows? It, it could have been the wrong medication, the wrong dose. You know what I mean? It's. Um, you know, psychopharmaceuticals is more of an art than a science. Yeah. And it's got um, other side effects, too, that I think. Are- when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Worth noting if I can try to put them in language that you would use. Yeah. If it's a car, there's a full tank of gas. And the car starts every time. That's not a problem. The problem is that the car just keeps fucking driving and never gets to its destination. (laughs) No matter what. No matter if you have somebody riding a long shotgun with you in the car or if you're just going out for a drive by yourself. You just never get to your destination. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Perhaps this is as good a time as any to take a break. <laughs> it's a thing I said a lot on Cymbalta. <laughs> oh! <laughs> no, but seriously, you, I think maybe we should uh, take a quick break for a station identification. Okay. Maybe a little musical interlude. Yes. Maybe I'll drop a track from one of my recently released albums Perfect. because... I've got them. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> and we will be back in just a moment. Come 
presented by the nerdy show podcast network and did you know that the nerdy show podcast network is home to dozens of other programs that are also surely relevant to your nerdy interests oh it's true it's damn true swing by nerdyshow.com and see what treasures await you if you like what you hear please rate and review us on itunes like and follow us on soundcloud and audioboom or subscribe and stream on google play as listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. 
at patreon.com slash nerdyshow, you can fund the entire Nerdy Show network and unlock a plethora of amazing bonus content and early releases. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and more, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and the Epic Piecast on all of your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest on the program this month is Our Feelings. Hooray! Once again. <laughs> so we left off with me. Uh, yes. Um, we're just going to continue this. Great. Because we didn't fucking guess. No. no. So, uh, so your turn. Something good, something bad. Say something nice. Say something <laughs> not nice. About well, 2017, uh, year of the cock. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, well, I I am I am a brand new uncle again. You are. Yeah. Um, my sister uh, gave birth to uh, a little uh, baby girl named Luna, and uh, she is great. She's beautiful, uh, and she sleeps like it's her job. Really, like wow. she's just basically asleep all the time. I hear that that's not very common. Yeah, for newborns. Yeah. Um, but she's great. She's got that new baby smell. That's, I love that new baby smell. And, um, yeah, she's, uh, she's great. I mean, my sister, and I guess the downside, because my sister doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can say anything I want, um, are my two nephews oh. who are pins in my asses. How old are they now? Uh, one is eight or nine? That's nine? Enzo. Uh, that's Enzo. He's nine and Max is two. Okay. Yeah. But they're just both punks. Well, I mean, Enzo is at that age where he's like developing a personality outside of his parents, Ooh. and he's uh, he's not at the rebellious teenage. Like he's in that weird middle ground where he still needs like that sort of like validation that toddlers need. But he's still, but he's like still too cool for school, and he's like, I can do it on my own. And yeah. so he's at that weird middle ground, and also the fact that. When Max was born, he got less attention, and now Luna's born. He's even getting le- le- even less attention, mm-hmm. and so he's kind of acting out because he needs he needs attention, yeah. right? Um, and then there's Max, who's two years old, who all he wants to do, all he wants to be, is just like his big brother. That's it. Aww. He just wants to be like his big brother. He wants to be around his big brother. He wants to play with his big brother. That's all he wants to do. Max just is just so mean to him because that's what older brothers do. You mean and Enzo? Enzo's yeah. Enzo is so mean to Max, and because that's what big brothers do. Yeah. But but no matter how much punishment uh, Enzo dishes out, Max is right back going because that's that's what you know that's what younger siblings do. They just want to be like the older brother. Yeah. Um, but that's going to transition pretty soon because now he's the middle child. So he's going to be Jan Brady pretty soon. Pretty soon, uh, and that leaves a uh, little baby Luna. With two older brothers. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to collect so many scars from both so, of them. Both physical and emotional. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. I was talking about the physical ones where like Enzo like pushes her into a door. Or oh, something. yeah. Oh, I, that's definitely going to happen. And it got darker when he... Right. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? The teasing. Yeah. The relentless teasing. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I could be wrong. They could, they could turn a corner. They could be very loving to each other. But uh, because Mac, I mean, Enzo is getting older and he may end up being like a really great brother really really great big brother to her yeah. he's, he's at the age where he's old enough to sort of like make a lot of these decisions on his own right yeah 
So we'll see. Um, I love my nephews. I love them to death. They're great. They're just really hard to be around right sure. now. <laughs> children. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I'm just very, very glad that they're my sisters and they don't belong to me. Yeah. Yeah. You can leave. I can leave and and it, <laughs> they won't have abandonment issues because of it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? Thing that was great. And surprising, professional wrestling. Yeah, this has been a big year for you with as, the whole wrestling thing. As uh, we've, I've talked about for the last several months, um, I accidentally became a wrestling fan this year. Yeah, and um, right, at, right at the top of the new year, too. Bunny got me tickets to a house show at Madison Square Garden last December. Yeah. Um, like, half-jokingly, and it... I just immediately fell right in yeah. to a being a serious <laughs> fan. And I've, you drank the Kool-Aid. I watch Raw and SmackDown every week. I watch so much stuff on the WWE Network all yeah. the time. I watch yeah. all the pay-per-views. Yeah. I have tickets to another house show in December, which Oof. will like bookend my year of yeah. wrestling interest. And there then I've go. got tickets to Raw's 25th anniversary show at Barclays in January. Um. So much. I got to go to Philadelphia and be the ring announcer for a wrestling slash burlesque show that was held in a wrestling ring <laughs> at a wrestling school with I, real wrestlers in it. I wanted I wanted to see that so I bad. Got to, you can. It's on pay-per-view. No, I know. I wanted to be there. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I never thought that after, you know, uh, turning away from wrestling in my, like, early adolescence mm. i never thought that i would be a fan again and here i am here you are the bad yeah. thing yeah fucking wrestling man <laughs> i why I, it has consumed your life i think about it all the time yeah I, like matches i don't care about wrestlers i don't care about i'm really invested and it's just <laughs> it's it's a hard fandom to talk about outside of additional fans yeah I mean, lots of fandoms yes. are lots lots of eye rolling i would imagine sure. from from the uninitiated that's and that's the case if you're into yeah. harry potter star trek whatever True. you're gonna find people yeah. civilians who aren't like as into it as you but wrestling right. is like it's harder to like find the people yeah but when you find them they're such gems and it's weird it's like it's like <laughs> It's a secret club. It is like the secret club. I mean, when you find out, they'll go in. And talk to you so I guess that's actually that I brought it back around to a good thing, and that yeah. it's, it's created this. I have this new sense of community, like wrestling fans. You found a new tribe. I like yeah. that. Um, send a quick shout out to Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, <laughs> Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax, Naomi. Uh, I would like to send a shout out to the only wrestler that matters. Jinder Mahal. The only wrestler that you really know. That, but The only one that matters as far as I'm concerned. Well, I promise you that when I make you a new custom wrestler in WWE 2K18, <laughs> that I will copy-paste uh, Jinder's moveset yes. and, and his entrance. Fuck yeah. And music onto Aww. your character. I love it. Can't wait. Cool. I might I might get the game so I can download it. You're not going to do that. I'm not going to get it. I kinda, I'm very curious. I'm morbidly curious. But uh, I might I might get it if it's on sale. You, you know, just, I'll wait a little bit. Just I'll come wait. play it over here. Yeah. Let's see. What do I have? You know what? I think I'm going to start with something shitty and then I'm going to go to something good. Okay. Uh, shitty, 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 shitty thing. Puerto Rico. The, the devastation of Puerto Rico after the massive, I think, Hurricane Maria? No. I forget the name of the hurricane. But it was a hurricane that blew through there. Essentially just absolutely totaled the island mm -hmm. uh, it's it's gonna take decades to rebuild um and it was just 
horrible, horrible, horrible. And the news cycle has moved on and gone bored and nobody's talking about it anymore. Um, but, you know, citizens of Puerto Rico are dealing with this to, to, to still to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's still parts of the island without power. There's lots of people have lost their homes, you know, massive sort of homelessness. Hospitals are still struggling to get medicine. It's it's really, really really horrible. I mean, however bad you think it is, it's so much worse um, than you can possibly conceive. Um, but the good news is that I got, I kind of got plugged into the artistic movements surrounding it. And there was literally a fundraiser almost every other day for Puerto Rico um, days after the storm. And is still continuing. There's still uh, um, uh, fundraisers for Puerto Rico, like um, you know burlesque shows or art shows or storytelling shows or um, you know salsa nights. Like there are these sort of homegrown grassroots uh, fundraising activities that are sending lots of money and support and 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 uh, building awareness about the island and. I was very, very fortunate enough to be a part of three of them. Uh, one of them I produced and two that I was invited to do. And uh, that was a joy for me to do. Um, and I'm still looking for opportunities to do that. So good. that was a good one. That's noble work, too. You've done a few noble things with your <laughs> I guess. skill sets. I guess, yes. Instead of just getting yourself money to buy more nonsense. Eh, I like comic books. Yeah. Resident Evil 7 was released. Ooh, yeah. I still have yet to play it. Uh, been a long-time fan of the Resident Evil series. I love survival horror. This game changed everything by finally pumping the brakes on this franchise's evolution into a military combat game. Right, a shooter, essentially. Turned it into, for one, they made it a first-person shooter. I don't like first-person games. No, you do not. Uh, but really made it a survival horror game again. Limited ammo, limited health items, atmosphere being built everywhere to just make you feel really unnerved yeah. all the time. Yeah. I fell in love with Resident Evil 7. It was everything that I didn't even know I wanted in a video game and definitely my favorite gaming experience of the year. Wow. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, the bad thing... Oh. I don't really enjoy playing video games as much. Uh-huh. Video games kind of stopped providing the escapism that I always used to turn to uh-huh. and that I would find them more uh, tedious than than I used to. Resident Evil 7 was an incredible experience, but right. after that, the rest of the year, but that was the I, exception. I barely picked up a controller again. I did pick up Battlefront 2 because yeah. it's got a single-player campaign. I haven't finished it yet. Is it any good? Um, no, it's great. Oh. It finally has a single-player campaign. And it's good? You're enjoying it? It's that? great. There's a great story there. It's Star Wars canon, so I love it. And there's Blaster Fire. Oh, nice. I But it, it doesn't mean, that it doesn't change the fact that it's difficult for me to, like, be enthused mm. about playing it. Right, right, right. I'm assuming I'm just going through a lull because I'm distracted by everything else that's happening. I think, I, I think that's what it is. I think, I think you just have a lot on your plate right now, and it's hard to focus. But... But right now, my interest in video games is slightly compromised. Well, that's really disappointing because I, I, I essentially got you a shit ton of video games for Christmas. That's and, great. Uh, Maybe that's what I needed. Yeah. No, it's okay. I'll take it back. No, 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 no. Hold, get, on, hold I'll, on. I'll get you something else. It's okay. I want to play video games. Do you? Yeah, I do. Do you? Desperately. Okay. Well. All right. Well, maybe maybe I'll give them to you then. Okay. Please do. We'll see. We'll see what Santa has to say about you on the naughty list. 
Oh, shit balls. Yeah. Uh, I discovered the noble, gentle art of the DJ this year. <gasps> Gasp. I know. Uh, I got, I got, I, I mean, it's a much longer story. Um, I think I talked about it on this podcast somewhere else. A little bit. Yeah. But I, I was listening to a YouTube channel that I really, really like called Nerd Writer. And he's a video essayist and he talks about all kinds of things like the way Donald Trump speaks or um, the way that Alfred Hitchcock breaks down a scene. Like he's a he's kind of all over the place and he does these really wonderfully scripted thought pieces on on topics that he's passionate about. He loves poetry. He loves music. He loves movies. He loves politics. He loves lofty, you know, ideals like, you know, ethics and morality. And and um, one of the things that he did is he broke down Bruno Mars's song, 24 Karat Gold, mm-hmm. and how you can draw a straight line from his song all the way back to the early days of funk music mm-hmm. and just prior to that. And you know, influences of like, you know, George Clinton and James Brown and all of these people and how 24, and he makes a really, really, really good argument that 24 karat gold is the perfect distillation of all of that lineage, Mm. which is why it's so catchy and it's just good to dance to and good to listen to. And, you know, and, and that's when I first learned about beats per minute and this sort of burgeoning scientific idea that there is a beats per minute that human beings can't help themselves but like tap their feet or bob their head or snap their fingers like there's this instinctual beats per minute that no one is immune to everyone's going to respond to it and Bruno Mars' song 24 Karat Gold is pretty damn close to that Um, love it or hate it you're going to respond to it in some way Mm -hmm. and that got me fascinated about the science of beats per minute and that got me fascinated about music and then I started listening to all my stuff (laughs) and then I started downloading uh, weird apps and then I and then I launched and then I got a DJ app and I started fooling around with that and then there was this perfect storm of a gig monthly gig that I was at that would basically do a playlist and push play and I thought I could do better and so uh, and now I have a monthly gig as a vintage DJ and I've been hired as a wedding DJ I've been hired at vintage <laughs> parties like it's, this is all just <laughs> within this year yeah. within the last I would imagine like six months actually yeah it has been very long uh, and I'm having a whole lot of fun doing it yeah um and it's it's a really incredible thing that I've kind of discovered about myself that I didn't know I liked. Yeah. And I now I know I like it and I like it a lot and I've gotten I've gotten really deep into the into the rabbit hole like I got myself a a controller with a, a, a digital controller um, playing around with beat matching. Yeah, playing around with beat. I mean, I still don't have it. That's that's the bad part. Here's the bad part of all of this. Oh, I'm sorry. I still don't know how to drop it on the one. <laughs> at all like I, I mean I understand beat matching I understand phrases I understand counting I understand all of it but there's a fundamental thing about about syncing up beats so that one song flows seamlessly into the next so it so it feels no matter what you're playing that you're it's one continuous song yeah I have not yet learned how to do that and and, and that's a technique called dropping it on the one right uh, and I've watched a fucking goddamn cornic hours and hours and hours of uh youtube videos of all of these djs explaining it badly and <laughs> and i understand the core concepts but no one seems to be able to, to to actually just break down exactly what you're physically doing to drop something on the one and it's frustrating as fuck 
I haven't yet learned to do that. I'm hoping that in 2018 that I'll find a class or a DJ who's willing to just pull me aside and say, do this. Um, but it's, it's that, that right now, that's my Moby Dick. That's my holy grail. <laughs> uh, I will get it. I will get um, it. You will. Yeah, because right now, I mean, thank God, I'm playing a lot of vintage music, mm-hmm. um, and old-timey music um, doesn't really have the fade-out so much, but it does have an extended outro. Sure. And so what I've been doing is using that extended outro to bring in the next one, right? So it doesn't. So I have to fade it out manually or just let it end on its own. And thankful, I'm thankful that a lot of vintage music does that for me already, so I don't have to worry about it too much. I don't have to loop anything, but, you know. Uh, pretty soon, if I'm gonna be if if I'm gonna be hired as a wedding DJ, I'm mm-hmm. gonna need to learn how to how to drop it on the one, as yeah. they say. Because yeah, especially events like that, they're gonna want yeah. a continuous yeah. mega mix. Yeah, exactly. And and that technique vexes me. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna throw one in here, like that I wasn't gonna say, but one of the good things for me this year is yeah. that I got a DJ. You did, uh, yeah. <laughs> now, granted, this new pairing, and 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 in full disclosure, yeah, it's Lugo, <laughs> right? <laughs> the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, this whole thing was just like this weird. Uh, it happened. It all happened so quickly, too, didn't it? Yeah, you'd started doing this, and you got this controller, and we were like, I don't know if I was at a show or something, and you just said like in passing, like I should be your DJ, and then that, that way you wouldn't have to hit all your cues. No, I know what it was. It was it was a uh, it was a show got in Brooklyn somewhere. It yeah, really it was a Hushcon show with Dual Core and Michael Kill. Someone and had lot. someone had spilled water on the table, which was shorting out the wires, and you kept playing the music, and whenever you jumped, it would jostle the table and it would stop your music so, yeah something yeah. and it happened a lot and you yeah. were getting really angry and frustrated on stage understandably and then in my head i'm thinking oh man he's really having a hard time he should probably have somebody up there pushing the button wait a minute yeah. you were like i should be your dj i could like push the buttons so yeah. like, well yeah i mean but uh. <laughs> and then immediately i just like my brain started spiraling through all these possibilities like this nonsense banter that we do we could do this on stage yeah huh. Huh. and then there is somebody to hit all of the music cues who know where the bits end yeah huh. so our yeah. our this new pairing is open this whole new door there's this whole new right. world to explore exactly for me as a performer to have you up there with me uh that so far in just a few times that we've done it uh-huh. it's been really fun yeah yes it has uh, yes it has i'm looking forward to taking it to Orlando next month. At the Geek Easy. Friend of nerdyshow.com. I've, I've been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, and I learn something new every time I do it. So that's, great. that's been great. I want to talk about movies really quickly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or a movie. Come on. I saw some movies this year that I really liked. Uh-huh. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was great. Get Out. I, I hadn't seen Get Out yet. It's great. It. It was fantastic. Yeah. I loved it. Thor Ragnarok? Thor Ragnarok, great movie. So fun. So many great movies. Yeah. So many great movies. I'm sure I saw bad movies too, but I like at this time, I can't really think of anything I saw this year that I... Well, I can't. I mean, I, I'm sure I saw something that I didn't particularly care for, but I can't remember. I think all of the stinkers were obvious and I avoided them. Like, I, I didn't see Justice League. I haven't... I don't, I think, I, I don't think I'm going to, to be yeah. honest. I mean, I may wait for it to hit like Netflix or something, but... I didn't even see Spider-Man. I like Spider-Man. That was actually really fun. Oh, I saw Rough Night. I didn't like that. 
I have no idea what that is. The number of women go on vacation for this bachelorette party and... Oh, uh, right, right. Dead hooker. Dead uh, male stripper dies and they scramble to get rid of the body. Kind of like a gender swap version of very bad things. Right, right, right. Or whatever. And I saw it because a lot of glazers in it from Broad City and I just... Broad City. The season of Broad City. (laughs) Fucking awesome. That show just gets better every year. Uh, I love them so much. And... She was in it, and Kate McKinnon, and Scarlett Johansson, and yeah, a couple other um, a lot, a lot of great talent. Yeah, it's it's really it's not funny. Oh, it's just it's Oof. it's just not, it wasn't very good. Oh dear. So there, I can name one bad movie. I saw. Well, there you go. But the one I want to talk about, Star Wars Ta-da! Episode Eight, da, da, The Last Jedi, da, 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 directed by Ryan Johnson, da, 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 second installment da, 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 of this new. Trilogy. This is going to come as a shock. This is going to come very big, jarring shock. I fucking loved it. Oh my god, I loved it. I loved it so much. I waited with bated breath for two years since the credits rolled at my opening night screening of Force Awakens. Yeah, and it didn't disappoint. Not at all. I I had so much fun watching it. It had some fantastic set pieces. It had a lot of like. It wasn't as two dimensional as I as as Star Wars films usually are, and this had some nuance. It had some, uh, it had something to say. It had a point of view about its universe, uh, and I really liked that. It was a smart Star Wars movie. Yeah, and you know, uh, with real consequences to people's actions. Sure, you know, the heroes aren't always heroic, and the the villains aren't necessarily all bad. And I've wanted to see that for a while. Yeah, and. It was uh, it was really really wonderful. I was grinning from ear to ear the whole time. I um yeah, I I feel that when JJ Abrams made The Force Awakens, um he was going up against the challenge of making a Star Wars movie in a world where the prequels existed. Yeah. So people <laughs> were obviously very skeptical. Yeah, very he made skeptical. a movie that was like he threw a coat of paint on A New Hope and gave it new characters and, and some new stuff. But it's really well, I mean, a new hope. Well, he needed, I mean, he kind of needed that. He needed to build a bridge. He did. Between between the OG fans and the new fans. He needed to bring it back and say, like, here's yeah. something that right. feels familiar and warm and welcome right. to you. And that he did is, it. That is, not, that, is, that is expressly not the prequels. Like, he needed to prove these were not going to be the prequels. And he did it with finesse. He yeah. still managed to put his own voice and point of view in it, but still gave us something that felt very familiar while also being kind of new and exciting. Exactly. But, exactly. It, but was, it, was a, it was a great sort of handoff, a great sort of, yes. like... You know, passing of the torch that I thought it really needed to be. It was a gr- second chapter. We've got it established. The fans are back mm-hmm. on board with Star Wars again. Yep. It's okay to like Star Wars again. Yep. Now we've got a new guy in the director's seat, and now he has an opportunity to diverge from that path. Yeah. And yeah. he made a lot of choices, <clears throat> and I thought that they were excellent. He added. He added to the Jedi mythology in a wonderful way. Oh my God! Yeah. Ad- by adding like powers and history that we didn't know about. Um, he added this this gray area to the yeah. to force users that that wasn't there before. We were so used to the movies that we grew up with, 
It good was is like, good, bad is bad. Here's the good bad. guys. These are the bad yeah. guys, and that's it. That's it. We, the There's only no middle ground. Strayed from it for like a second when you saw Luke struggling with the dark side and Return of the Jedi, but that was it. Otherwise, yeah. good is good, bad is bad. That's it. Right. And now we've got this second chapter. Now that we've been warmed back up, where everything is kind of blown for us. Yeah. Where we see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The resistance might not be totally noble, and maybe <clears throat> the the that that the First Order. They don't. They're not just aware that they're evil. Yeah. Like and and that that our our chief characters Kylo Ren and Rey are both struggling with various sides of the Force that they want to embrace. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And 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 also, you know, um, Luke Skywalker, the 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 person that we've been following for God knows how long at this point. You know what I mean? Forty years exactly. <laughs> Forty years exactly. You know, you know the, the 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 young the young farm boy who grows up to be the legendary Luke Skywalker Jedi Master. He has doubts, yeah, about not only the Jedi's but his role in all of it, yeah, and has very and has a lot of really great points of view and lots of really hard to argue with opinions on the Jedi Order and who they were and what they did and and it called into question everything that we fanboys have been sort of holding as sacred for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it was great. Yeah. It was, it was I saw fantastic. Things I haven't ever seen in a star Wars movie. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like great. that on a big scale, but even like on a small scale to see a character care about the humane treatment of animals in this universe. It's yeah. something that like has never yeah. even like it, it's, it's small. <laughs> it's like a throwaway kind of moment, but it's important, like yeah. in in a way, in, in that we haven't seen it before. That and also, it's just unapologetically aggressively progressive. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's finally we're having representation of all kinds of race, creeds, colors, genders. You know, different types of people doing different types of things. You know, uh, and and where we would applaud Han Solo's rebellious sort of patriarchal uh, take charge attitude in the first three first three films. We see Poe Dameron's flyboy get punished for yeah, that same kind of hubris exactly. and, 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 and dereliction of, of... And rightfully so. Yeah. Like, rightfully so. You know, it's, it's, it's great. It's fucking... Like, what I really loved about this movie is that there were consequences, real consequences to actions yeah. and decisions. Yeah. Whereas... You know the 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 first three films were very fairy tale, yeah, very much a fairy tale. This is actual, very thoughtful, um, very irreverent sci-fi, yeah, which I think is a much needed boost of energy into the sci- into the Star Wars franchise. Sure, you know, we it's like you know we don't it's not it's not nineteen seventy seven anymore. We live in a different world. Fairy tales like that are almost insulting, you know. Yeah. We it's, need a and we need a fairy tale that 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 reflects what our world is. Yeah, exactly. Um, not not what it once was, or some high minded ideal of what it could be. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what we got. The bad thing, of course, yeah. to go with that, yeah. is um, that this movie has reminded me of a thing that I say probably daily <laughs> at this point. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. I fucking hate the internet. Yeah, I hate. The or internet. I fucking hate social media. I well, it's not just social media. Yeah. It's the internet. there's the the outrage yeah. and the disappointment and the entitlement these, that has come from all these Look, entitled You fans. are allowed to dislike a movie. Oh, absolutely. That's fine. Yeah. You can have problems with the movie. 
that's excellent. But this this idea that now that we are so entitled to our opinions and, and because they're so important and because we have such access to make them heard yeah. everywhere yeah. across social media, that, that some people have like gone so far as to like almost hang their hat on the identity of not liking something. Yeah. So it's it's in the same week where some people are saying, oh, my God, young people, old people like us saying like, oh, my God, I saw a new Star Wars movie. And it it gave, for two and a half hours, I forgot that Donald Trump is burning the earth to the ground. For two and a half hours, I was a fucking kid, and I believed in in hope and and magic. Yeah. Whereas fucking Nathan P. Dick Pants then has to roll and be like, "Oh, really? Because uh, every second of this film was an absolute disaster. This was a garbage piece of writing. Ugh. It." Failed on so many levels. Also, everybody's a film critic now. And everybody, they can't say things. They have to say things like, well, because pacing and the character arc and like everybody's like read a few blogs and suddenly they're Gene fucking Siskel. Everybody's a failed film student. Right. Disliking something now has to be amped up to be in direct proportion to the opposite of your peers who are enjoying it. Because then you get to stand out. Yeah. You get to have a you, thing. You get, you get to seem like you have an original thought. And now you feel compelled, compelled to show up in the comments of literally every person you know to Who? let them know it was terrible. You know what? Also, nobody says I didn't like anything anymore. They say it was terrible. I, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with someone not liking something. I, really I don't, don't either. I don't. That's, and, I want to make that my point. And, that I'm not condemning the no. internet at large because they didn't like no. the movie I liked. Um. And you know what? I won't even go so far as to say that if someone if someone comes onto my feed and tells me they didn't like a thing, like, I mean, I'm gonna roll my eyes, but I'm 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 okay with that too. Where I draw the line is where I'm told I'm wrong for liking the thing that I like. Yeah, that's where I draw the line. Yeah, like, sure, have your opinion, but you know what? Just because you didn't like something doesn't mean that I'm wrong for liking it or that you're right for not liking it. Right. It's all subjective, all of it. Yeah, you know there there are people who fucking love the room with mm-hmm. what's his face, uh, uh, Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I hate every fucking second of it. And I and 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 to to this day, I honestly don't know why it's a fucking cultural phenomenon at all. I've had people explain it to me. I've watched it. <laughs> I've watched it with other people. I don't fucking get it. And I think you're all idiots for thinking it's wonderful. But you know what? That you like it. Go for it. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong for liking it. I just don't understand why. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it's just, uh, I let guess people like things. When, when people were, are really going like digging in, uh, tearing apart last Jedi, one of the big things I hear them say, or one of the many things that I hear everybody repeating that they read in a, a panning review. Cause that's, we all do that. We all like kind of ape and mimic the shit that we read, yeah. put it in our own words. But anyway, one of the things that I hear them all mimicking is this idea that there are all these diversions. Oh yeah. Finn and this new character, Rose, who's wonderful. Fucking they love go Rose. on this one adventure. It doesn't really work out the way they had planned. No, it doesn't. And so people are like, they just padded out the story because that didn't move the plot forward because their actions did not result in a B or C of the plot. The right. way the old linear fairy tales they were told yeah. might have happened in this their actions aren't necessarily the thing that is w- where we should be invested the characters themselves go on an adventure yeah finn and rose go on an emotional journey yeah in their failed mission that takes up a great deal of the story <laughs> yes and 
that's, that's val- important. That is fucking valuable. That is fucking big. Not only not only valid, but it's important because there is development there. Yeah, there is a story arc. There's actually, you know, uh, the, I guess the the bottom line is is that I loved it. Um, if, if you didn't like it, good for you. Yeah. Um, you know, that's I, great. Great. <laughs> made me, like, go, I'm not going to send you like a cookie for go, it. Go, go watch the original trilogy. It's still there. You can still enjoy that. You can still, <laughs> or you can go watch that and also complain about that, the, the, that they're special editions. <laughs> or go, go watch the despecialized edition. Go find something that ostensibly gives you joy that hasn't given you joy in like 20 years because you you've spent every second <laughs> complaining about everything. Complaining else. about it. <laughs> I thought it was, it was excellent. I yeah. loved everything they did with it. And I'm excited to see where they go with it. Yeah. I think so many fans were expecting like this big kind of family reveal or, right. or, right. or an explanation of the backstory of Snoke or they want to right. know who Ray's parents are or right. whatever like that. And these are things that they want because these are what they are used to from their original trilogy. Yeah. And like the actual fucking theme of the movie is you can't keep repeating the past. Yeah. That's it- the point yeah. So it's, when the fans who it's are it's repeated who, by literally every character, like you have to, you have to put away the past. So anyway, Star Wars made me happy, and the internet doesn't. Uh, Star Wars made me happy, and the internet doesn't for me too. Uh, I think that's it, buddy. I think that is it. Yeah. What do you What do you hope uh, is going to happen in 2018? Give me Give me one one thing that you're holding on to as a source of joy for 2018. 2018, the year of the dog. <laughs> um, I set my expectations so very low now. Oh. Um, I just want my friends to be okay and I want them to come out unscathed from this lawsuit. Yeah. That's yeah. what I want. That really? That's the only thing that's on my mind all the time? And that's really all I want in 2018. I want you to walk away from this thing victorious and have this thing just crumble into a shitty memory. Yes. A very unfortunate eight-month period. Yes. Yeah. That's yes, what yes. I want. I, I uh, Other than that, I don't know. I want to write some rap songs, do some rap shows, and and see Solo, a Star Wars story, yeah. which will be the next one standalone awesome. that comes out. I Can't know. wait. I just, yeah, that's, that's really all I want. I want to be happy and healthy and I want my friends to be okay. Yeah, me too. That's it. Me too. I want to, I want to get my show up. I want, I want my friends to be happy and healthy and I want to see Star Wars movies with you. I just want to keep moving forward. Yeah. In other words, let the past die. Kill it. If you must. This has been the Epic Podcast, episode 57. I have been your host, Nelson Lugo. I have been your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. Be safe, internets. Happy holidays and happy new year. Auld Lang Syne, listener. Thank you for listening to the Epic Podcast. We'd love to listen to you, too. So send us your feedback, questions, love mail, hate mail, recipes, and fan fiction to epicpiecast at gmail.com. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. 
Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream on Google Play. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and more, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and the Epic Piecast on all of your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. You weren't paying attention to the story the movie was All telling right. you. The whole we time. we definitely need to put a spoiler warning at the at the beginning of the segment. <laughs> we definitely need to. Like it's minor, 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 but we still need to put a spoiler. We're gonna get we're gonna get emails. We're gonna get angry emails. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Spoiler warning. Great. I'll just edit no, that in. No, no, you got to do a little more than that. I'll do it. Hey, folks, we paused for just a second to let you know that we're going to be talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi. Now, we don't really get into major plot spoiler territory, but we do probably will talk about some side things that may be some minor spoilers. And so if you don't want to hear them, then you may want to fast forward through this segment. Check the show notes for the timestamp. Oh, my God. Now you get, look at all this work you just gave me. Now I'll I've got do it. I'll do now it. Now I've got. Oh, okay. I'll do oh I guess it's. All right. Fine. All right. It would be uh, funny, though, if we just recorded the spoiler warning <laughs> and we just use this as the stinger and we don't put it before the thing. And then we can say, we put a, there was a spoiler warning in the episode. <laughs> yes. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 